0: another edition of the Tech Post here on Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. I'm Sean Ryan and I'm joined once again by Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Brilliant. Loads of chocolate lined up. Um, no. I've got Pringles though. <laughs> uh, not the traditional... Easter uh, tipple, but uh, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. So uh, before we get into it, just to remind listeners, uh, this show is part of... uh, the Limerick City community radio goes out every third Sunday and uh, we chat myself and Dave chat up all about what's happening in the world of tech and then you can catch us uh, just after that then we go out as part of the podcasting group from the Limerick Post and definitely subscribe to the Limerick Post podcast there's loads more besides the tech post there's three things that matter with Anne Blake there's the posterity podcast with uh, Nigel and uh loads more so definitely subscribe there and uh, if you like what you're listening to uh, rate us on apple music or podcast or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Uh, we're available everywhere so uh definitely give us a review and a five star there if you can as well so dave let's get into tech and see where we're going with all this um big one there i suppose really is uh twitter over the last few days this has been a real roller coaster ride for the last few days so uh, have you been following that Dave?
1: yeah yes and no um of course i mean it's hard to avoid it right it's been huge news yeah um that elon musk bought a well he's he's got the biggest um Amount of shares for one individual, doesn't he? I think like 9% yeah. or something right now. Yeah. Now, before
0: we get into like what the ramifications are of, of Elon Musk possibly owning Twitter or looking to buy it and everything, right? So, first thing is he's actually been sued over what he's done because what he's done is he, he did it in the wrong way, right? So, he oh, announced oh. that he had bought uh, something like 9.4% of shares in Twitter. Now, mm-hmm. one of the regulatory requirements in the US is that once you own more than 5% of a company, you're supposed to notify the SEC and let them know oh. that you own that amount of shares. And he was supposed to do that by some date in March, but he didn't file that until the 4th of April. So there's now a class action suit against him uh, by people because he didn't file it on time. So when he announced that he had bought these amount of shares and that he owned nine point something percent of it, the share price of Twitter exploded like it went up really fast. So anybody who had sold shares between the date in March and the date in April that he was supposed to file between are saying they lost out on the share price because if he had announced it by the right date then the share price would have gone up then and then Mm. anybody who sold afterwards they're saying they lost out so there's now a class action suit against him for that part so he's in trouble on that anyway um although given the amount that uh involved it'll probably be a drop in the ocean for what he wants to do anyway So the first thing, yeah, where this all started out anyway was that once he said, like Elon Musk uses Twitter. uh, For anybody who doesn't know, Elon Musk owns Tesla. Uh, He's a bit of a tech billionaire, made his money selling PayPal in the early days, used to own PayPal, sold that to... Ebay wasn't it? not eBay bought PayPal? I think so. I think yeah. it's eBay. Yeah, yeah. Sold that, made a fortune off that. Uh, been involved in loads of other things anyway. But um, taking people to Mars, etc., <laughs> as you would. Uh, mm. But um, Tesla is probably the 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 most common thing that people know him for at the moment. But he is pretty vocal on Twitter, and he uses a couple of. Maybe eighty odd million followers on it, and uses it quite uh, extensively. Has been in trouble on and off Twitter. Um, so he, once he announced it, uh, share price went mad, and then there was all this talk of him potentially joining the board. Uh, he was uh, if if there was there was conditions around that. Uh, that if he joined the board, then he wouldn't be allowed to have more than 15% stake in it. And his, his board membership would be, uh, well, I think they were calling it a kind of a class two director or something on the board, that he'd have limited interaction on that. So anyway, he was doing different things on Twitter. Actually, on Twitter, it's funny that he was using the same platform that uh, he wanted mm-hmm. to take control over, but he was doing things like sending out tweets of um, should there be an edit button? Uh, should Twitter's headquarters be used uh, for a homeless shelter? Uh, yeah. All, all these different things anyway. But um, the it turned out then afterwards that he decided not to go on the board And he put in a bid for $41 billion to buy Twitter outright.
1: Yeah, and I think it's 50-something dollars a share. Yeah, 54 Mm. or something like that, dollars a share. Yeah, Mm, Which Which is is, overvalued, I think. Way overvalued, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. So, um, now... This is all just the background to what's happening. Um, I think the board of Twitter are like, uh, they have to come up with a response now as to say whether they will or won't sell. And they have to be able to give good reasons because if they don't sell, then the shareholders could take action because you're not operating in the interest of shareholders. where Which is illegal. Yes. So this is going to be interesting to... um, to see how this all plays out, um, and I I think they're also um they're 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 trying to put in. I don't know whether this actually has been put in yet or not, but they're this thing it's been dubbed as the poison pill defense. Right. Yes. Uh, if uh, do you know what this is kind of uh, to do with really? Um, it, it's it's really well, trying to make it prohibitively expensive for anybody to yeah, accumulate. Man. A certain amount of stock
1: right There's it's something about um adding more shares or whatever way you do it yeah um, so yeah. it's a rights I
0: plan that like if somebody tries to buy a certain amount over a certain percentage of the company in shares that the company has the right to then offer uh discounted share prices to other shareholders right Right. yes so that means that the person trying to buy it will have to pay the premium of the current market value whereas the other shareholders can get them really cheap Uh, that's my understanding of it now maybe i'm oversimplifying it but it's it's really to stop uh, somebody getting control of it by continuously buying up more shares so it'll be interesting how that pays out but Where's all this coming from and what's kind of, what's the tech ramifications behind this? So Dave, I'm going to ask you a question. In okay. in, the, in the social media space, right, where do you see Twitter lying kind of like, like if you were to think of all the different social media companies, where like, what's, first of all, what's the most popular or what are the most popular ones? Where does Twitter lie in that? Uh, what are the types of things that go on in each one and where does Twitter lie on that? Uh, what would your, wh- Where would you think Twitter would lie on this? Now, th- I don't have an answer for this. This is kind of a subjective thing, but I'm just kind of interested in your opinion on it.
1: Okay. Well, I use Facebook. Uh, yeah. I don't use Twitter. I hate yeah. Twitter. I, I don't like it. Um, so Facebook for me is kind of like you know, keeping a circle of friends that you want to interact with and messaging them and just sharing posts between them and getting some news as well, liking certain pages. You don't see much more than what you've chosen to see, whereas Twitter is kind of like a free-for-all. You go out and you see every opinion about anything, right, uh, on your feed. And it's it's basically about microblogging and that's what it is. It's a microblogging site. So it's, it's less of a social network than it is, I, I don't know a micro yeah. blogging network yeah. so there are distinct differences between the two and for me Facebook falls even though look I know we could say a lot about Facebook etc but it's just more to my particular liking but Twitter yeah. is kind of uh, a space for people to have voices everybody to have a voice um yeah no and but but with some caveats of course depending on what the uh, the overlords <laughs> you know think about what you have to say <laughs> all right. Okay.
0: So there is censorship. Obviously, with all these places, there is censorship, right? So there like, is. you're now, really you see, talking I- about like Facebook and Instagram are the same right. company, right? And basically, that's kind of the, the king of social media as such, really right yeah you've, I would I, think so yeah so you've got those and they have their own function and their own space and then you've got Twitter and um, how you described them a while ago might be quite apt because Twitter is often seen as kind of an angry place
1: yeah it is it yeah. is and you know that's it, that's just human nature I think I think yeah. when um, people have something to say uh, or sorry when people want to be more vocal is when they're most angry I think correct uh, you know yeah. if you're in a good mood or whatever chances are you're not going to be be going around and say, "Hey, flowers, lollipops, and you know, yeah. rainbows, or whatever." You're not going oh, to do that. You're, if you're, you're angry, going you're going to be motivated.
0: Yeah, when something annoys you, you want to voice it and tell someone about it, yeah. or give out to the company that annoyed you, and that seems yes. to be what happens on Twitter a lot. Um, now, it is. I okay. I was. I was just about to say I use Twitter a lot, but unfortunately, actually, now I don't. My go-to really? place always before was Twitter because. I used to use it for news. I'd go on and if I had a couple of minutes spare or if I was sitting on a train or someplace, I'd I'd go on Twitter and I'd look up and I'd find out what kind of stories are on at the moment and everything. But because of the way Twitter has gone, it seems they're, they got more like these algorithms for things you might like and started pushing uh, stuff that I had no interest in into the feed. So it became someplace where... There was so much that I had no interest in being told, you might like to follow this. this is, based on what you've looked at, these other things might be of interest to you. There was so much of that in my feed that I just stopped using it. Really, mm. just like I would, I will only go on Twitter now if I have a specific thing that I want to look up. So, if I've heard about something in the news and I want to look that up and I'll go search for it, but the days of just scrolling, looking to see what was going on around, what was in the news, what people were saying are gone. I just don't use it. And it is very much a place for people to vent a bit of anger, which is not good for you to read. You don't want to be reading this stuff because it's... it's no, it's isn't,
1: just, there, uh, isn't there a term called doom scrolling or something like that yes, out there? Yeah, yeah. exactly, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, you can go down a rabbit hole of this stuff. So mm. you've got Facebook, Twitter. Now, you've got things like TikTok, which are is also a social media, but that's just really kind of... To me, it's kind of people doing fun videos. Um, yeah. More kind of... Um, entertainment value um
1: irreverent stuff yeah yeah, youtube
0: is in there as well but again it's not something you go in to kind of go interacting with people as much really so no and and,
1: you know youtube had used to have ways of uh, private messaging other users and stuff like that but they don't have that anymore so it's kind of become less social network over the years i think yeah youtube are
0: heading towards the whole thing of um of paid content anyway Um, yeah they're
1: trying to make money they've never been able to make money off it yeah so elon
0: musk his whole thing behind buying twitter was that he wants more free speech and less uh censorship or moderation on it yeah you know so
1: he says and if that's mm -hmm. true i would happen to
0: agree with him yeah now okay i'm glad you said that right because I've been thinking about this for the last few days and talking about, like, people saying free speech, right, and saying anybody Mm -hmm. should be able to say what they want without being banned um, or without having things being said about them. So what happens if the person who says, now, there's people out there who are listening to this who are totally in agreement with you and saying, yes, everything should be free speech, right? So mm-hmm. does that mean? So let's say there's. I'm going to make up names here now, right? So let's right. say there's a guy on Twitter and he says everything should be free speech. I should be able to say what I want, All right? And so let's call him uh, Tommy, right? Tom. All right. right. Tommy. So yeah. So if I then if I myself or someone else goes on to Tom goes on to his Twitter and says, I heard that Tommy is uh, beating up his partner. I've heard it on good authority. Okay. Should that be allowed?
1: Yes. And I'll tell you why. Okay? It yeah. should be allowed. It should be of no concern of Twitter, whether it's allowed or not. Unless you can take out a lawsuit and you sue for defamation, which is already provided for by law. Yes, but who's going to... Like you? Who, who are you
0: going to sue? These people are anonymous. So free speech should be there... If the
1: person is identifiable, because otherwise well, there's no it's no it's very difficult it's like, to get on if anything you, nowadays without identifying yourself. You have to give your uh, phone number, your firstborn,
0: the whole lot. Like yeah, but it's very easy to just go out and buy a burner phone, register yeah. on something, get onto WhatsApp, get onto Twitter, get thing, and then throw the phone in the river if you want. Right. So would you be happy with free speech if there was an angry mob outside your window tomorrow because you'd been accused of some crime? I'd say it was um, something to do with, I don't know, anything, anything, racism or uh, sexual activity or something. If there was an angry mob outside your window because they said, we just read on Twitter that you committed this crime, would you be saying, oh, yeah, well, sure, it's free speech.
1: People can say what they want. You know, that's the thing. Uh, you're right. In situations like that, uh, It's easy to be biased, you know, Um, so no, of course, I'd be very, very annoyed that there would be a mob outside my house and yeah, yeah, I'd be cursing Twitter for allowing it and stuff like that. But that's not when you get to make decisions like that because um, it's like if you're a victim of a crime and you get to decide the punishment, you know what I mean? Or do we let society do that or, you know, the the established law enforcement mechanism to do that? Right. Can I take it a step further? So right. Go on. If someone's allowed to publish
0: or put their opinion up on Twitter as free speech, should I be allowed to take out an advert in the newspaper saying the same thing? So, should I be able to put in a full page ad tomorrow detailing all the crimes that I've heard that you might be uh, involved in? I'm
1: going to throw another spanner (laughs) in the works here. Yeah. The newspaper probably wouldn't let you. Correct, because you see, the newspaper has what's called is is a publisher. Yes, so they get to decide what and what not does not go into their paper. Correct. Whereas the likes of Twitter, they they are exempt from that because they are not publishers. If they were, they could be sued left, right, and center for everything. Yeah. So they have yeah. um, what's the word immunity against that because. Yeah. Um, because that's the only way that they could safely operate without the severe risk. Yeah, And that's where I suppose some people are wondering, well, if you're not a publisher, why do you get to censor people's opinions?
0: Yes, see, so and that's where a... some of the argument comes in. Yeah. So it's actually a minefield. This is all a really is. a minefield. dude There's...
1: there's There's no real one solution for this, is there? I mean, that's the one thing we got. Like, we we can say we want all the free speech in the world. That doesn't mean it's not going to hurt somebody. But then again, censorship hurts people as well. Yes. So there's there's no perfect solution. Oh. So, well, they're kind of, I won't
0: call it a perfect solution, but a solution has been there all along in terms of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. That if you take the traditional media of... Uh, TV, radio, newspapers, they have responsibilities about what they publish and can be held accountable for it. So if you want complete free speech, then the people who are saying it have to be able to be held accountable, which means you have to be able to identify, that means you have to be able to, like when you sign up, you actually have to give proper identification, like such as passport or something like that to be able to identify yeah. yourself.
1: And I've been thinking about this um, since you brought it up first a few minutes ago. And to be honest, I, I'm with you because we all have free speech. So basically, I can go into the middle of town and start shouting, ranting, and raving that Shawnee Ryan did this, Shawnee Ryan did that. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be perfectly identifiable. Yes. It. it I. Ha- I'm taking ownership of what I'm yeah. saying in person.
0: Yeah. And if so, if I you want, can sign up can anonymously. Yeah,
1: yeah, but if yeah. you could sign up to a, a thing anonymously and you put out whatever, blah blah blah, then maybe you shouldn't have the right to use that anonymous account to say whatever you want because maybe you should be taking ownership of what you're saying and you know being identifiable. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. I and don't know. I'll
0: guarantee you. If people were identifiable, you wouldn't get the amount of hate and vile stuff that goes on across social media. You wouldn't get that amount because if people know that they are they're accountable for their actions people will think twice about what they say.
1: I know, but let's not go full Orwellian either at the same time. We want people to feel comfortable to say whatever they whatever they think they need to say. But I'm always a fan of the court of public opinion, which basically means that if you say something, um, whatever opinion you hold, it might not be a very popular opinion. And, you know, people have the right to judge you for that. that that's it's the same whether it's out in the open in person or online. And, you know if you know you're going to be saying something controversial yeah then that's it you got to take yeah. ownership for it
0: yeah and to have to be able to take ownership you have to be identifiable right yeah so it's going to be an interesting one where this actually goes uh with musk because like the bid is out there now for right. him to well, buy Twitter. Um, well,
1: we've been doing a bit of speculation, but mm-hmm. what we know for sure is that he does want to have uh, take um, buy Twitter and take it private. Yeah, mm-hmm. that much we do know. Yeah. So it's going to come down to um, how dedicated he is to doing yeah. so, and how dedicated the board or even the shareholders are <laughs> to keep him away. Yeah. And we just don't know what's going to happen yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an extreme one. It's going to be it's an expensive one for him because. Where's he, going yeah. look, where's he going to get the forty-one billion to buy it?
1: <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the thing. We don't know where all these assets are tied up. The the guy's the richest guy in the world. He's got two hundred fifty billion or something in the bank. Well, not in the bank, but well, tied in up assets, in various yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but ha- you know, if he can afford, $41 some... he might. He's yeah. done it. You know, he has, he has. Um, not too long ago, he sold stock in Tesla, got himself mm. a nice, uh, a nice haul of cash. Mm. Yeah, you never know which way he's going to go with this. Right, you might Steve. sell a boring company.
0: I <laughs> am um, <laughs> going to move on a small bit, slightly, um, slightly related. Uh, yeah. So, do you know who Jack Darcy is? Um, I wish I didn't. Uh, yeah. So, Jack <laughs> Darcy is the guy, one of the guys who co-founded Twitter. Uh, right, that's that's uh, true. Yeah. Okay. And recently, um, his first ever tweet was sold as an NFT. For oh, something like three point nine million dollars, right? Okay, mm. so let let's go to where uh, some listeners are probably asking now: what's an NFT? So I
1: want to know what an NFT
0: is because I don't understand it. Okay, right. So NFT, non-fun, fun, oh my god, fungible. I, always, I think yeah, I always trip up on that. A non-fungible token, right? Right. So effectively, it's like it's like a crypto coin, right? Mm-hmm. It's effectively a piece of, um, I won't call it art. It's it's a digital <laughs> item, yeah, represented in a, a token. Um, a, what's what's I, I'm trying to even come up with the words for it myself. Um, See,
1: that's exactly yeah, where I get lost.
0: Yeah, effectively, you made like it's 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 run on the blockchain system, right? So you're uh-huh. making a token to say this piece of. Um, So let's start with a graphic, right? So if I paint a graphic, right? If I paint something and I make it into an NFT, then it has a uniquely identifiable token. And that is something that says that this is the original digital representation of my art. Now, let's take uh, the example I gave to someone the other day was you can go out and spend your money on a an authentic Monet or Picasso, all mm. right, And you have the original on your wall and you know it's the original. Or you can buy a print of it that was done in, say, China or someplace and it's probably almost identical and but you know it's not the original. But you can still appreciate the beauty of it. Now, if I do a piece of art and I make the original of it, Then I can make an NFT out of it, which is basically a a tokenized version of it. And I can sell that and say, this is the digital version of what I created. And only whoever owns that has the original version. doesn't stop anybody else making a screenshot of it and Hmm. keeping that jpeg on their png on their machine or their phone and they have a copy of it but the person who has it has the original and it's uniquely identifiable as the original so uh darcy's first tweet was made into an nft and it was sold to po- for uh nearly three million dollars and the guy who bought it put it up for sale the other day yeah and it had to be withdrawn because the well, at, at the time that I was following it, um, which was maybe a day or two ago, um, it, the highest bid for it was $10,000.
1: Well, it's more than what I read. Um, it, it probably went up a little bit. I yeah. read in the hundreds, but yeah. that was in the it, early it days.
0: Yeah, it started <laughs> out at that point. And it, like, like it had barely made anything at all. Um, yeah. So the NFT side of things, like there's been reports of so many different things selling for huge amounts and then ending up with nothing <laughs> um but uh, leading on from that okay so so maybe the whole <laughs> nft thing has run its day already maybe not who knows but uh, i don't know. i had a look into this right and i thought about like okay what what's the idea here between be, be, um, behind the nfts and how to create it so if i wanted to create an nft in the morning in the morning I create my piece of uh, artwork, I draw something on, the, on my iPad and I make a lovely drawing and I say I want to sell this. I then have to go and sign up uh, to one of the uh, cryptocurrencies and I have to buy what's called gas miles. So I have to buy cryptocurrency to pay for the mining of my artwork to make it into a crypto um, token. Right. Okay. And that can be anywhere from, well, I suppose 30 to 300 um, euros and it's probably going up by the minute because the cost of electricity is going up. So right, And yeah. the cost of the coins are going up as well. So that means that for me to make this, I have to pay for that to get it made. right, mm. And then I have to go and sell it and hope that I make more for it. Now, If you are someone like Elon Musk or Jack Dorsey or a high profile artist, then you're probably going to make the money on it. But my question is, in the current time, and we're all being hit with our higher energy bills at the moment, we all can see where the price of electricity and gas are going. And at the moment, cryptocurrency at the moment uses the equivalent Amount of electricity uh, is the country of Thailand per Whoa. year. Whoa! Right. So this, what I what I will this is my own personal opinion. What I see is this pointless use of energy for cryptocurrency and NFT mining is being used to to draw that amount of energy all the time,
1: constant. Well. Uh- My take on this whole cryptocurrency thing, I've never gotten in on it. It's just too, I suppose, if I was strategic enough, I could make money on it, like, uh, you know, buy low, sell high or whatever, right? But it's too volatile. Mm. Um, I think more volatile than the, I suppose, the the regular currency markets are. Yeah, Um, it's very volatile. Too many ways for things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think it's more vulnerable to um external factors such as what's going on right now with with energy prices, yeah. the war. Um anything really that can affect the economy is just going to really screw it. Screw and it even have, more so than it would do with your regular currency, the euro, yeah. dollar, whatever.
0: Yeah. And we have seen so many times where different crypto markets have um been hacked, have just gone off the radar. Mm. We've seen flaws coming up in NFT marketplaces. Um, There was uh, last year. There was one in um, OpenSea, and there's uh, actually I I read the other day about another one. um, Let me just have a quick look here. Um, Rareable. That's another marketplace, another popular one. and uh, vulnerabilities in that that allow an attacker steal their the digital belongings, and once it's gone, it's gone. It's kind of one of those things yeah. you can't get back.
1: No, because I'm not again, saying that crypto doesn't have a future. I'm 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 just saying that in its current form, you can't rely on it.
0: Yeah, and even like take away the reliability factor of it. I still think in terms of the energy use considering that we're all going for this greener planet and we're all every the pushes there for people to be using uh, renewable energy sources everything that there's so much of the world's power going into this as in power usage energy usage yeah. going into this I uh, well, there's to me there's there's a huge ethical issue with this as well, well that's true
1: but mm. if, if one day and I, I do think it's going to happen one day it's just going to take a, a good while uh, we will be using renewable energy uh, across the board we'll be done with fossil fuels etc etc let just plug a cable into the sun I think I said that to the other day didn't I um, but yeah I mean I know I, look, we're, we're kind of somewhat embracing solar energy um, it's not very viable over here but some places it's more viable than others but they can sell excess you know, yeah. they can mm. sell the excess energy. Um, yes. Some places, like in in Los Angeles, San Francisco, they will generate more energy than their household needs, for example, or business needs, or whatever. Yeah, and it gets sold back then to the electrical company. Yeah. Um, um, but even, yeah. Even even if you look at it right, There's, there a proposal
0: has gone through um, Wikimedia Foundation, which is like the community editors of Wikipedia, to stop accepting yeah. cryptocurrency donations. And that vote went through, which means it now has to be kind of like uh, decide, the foundation has to decide whether to accept it or not. Um, But basically they're saying they don't want to keep cryptocurrency donations coming in. Um, Simply back down to again, the the whole issue of um, energy usage.
1: We're not there yet with renewable energy. I mean, we're far from it because you're still, for example, with your electric car, you're still charging it from a coal stack.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're still it's still oil and gas that's producing mm. most of the world's electricity, so we right. do need to push towards more renewable. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, right, Dave, let's um let's go on a small bit, and um, I want to talk about the EU with their rules around um app stores. And messaging, chat, everything. Uh, So the EU have started bringing in a lot of things. They're trying to basically force um, the ability to sideload apps um, for which, which really targets mainly Apple. All right, yeah, all Apple. Yeah, so it's it's really now considering that kind of Google seemed to be heading in the opposite direction of trying to. Uh, make the the app store a, a lot more controlled and harder to get stuff into. Um, they've they've re- they've removed a huge amount of old applications that haven't been updated. They've removed ones that are um, being used. They're, they're getting too much of persons uh, personal data that they found that are uh, doing the wrong things. Um, yeah. So they're going towards more towards a walled garden, but. Uh, the EU wants to be able to allow uh, sideloading of apps. Uh, they've also put this thing through recently where they want um, all messaging services to be kind of like cross-platform, which was going to affect like things like WhatsApp, Snapchat, Signal, Telegram, iMessage. Uh, they want to come up with this kind of universal standard. Uh, my first thought on that was don't all phones have a universal standard already called SMS? Um, so... <laughs> and iMessage is yeah, integrated. iMessage is integrated that's with SMS. True,
1: SMS is old yeah. and it lacks a lot of the modern features that all the, the kiddies what's want the, today. What's the so, new, it just, What's the
0: new standard they been coming out at the moment with? Um, is it RTMS or something? Um, RTMS. It sounds familiar, but I'm, yeah. I'm not fully sure. I haven't oh, been up on it now, to be uh, honest. I'm going to have to go look that up because... Um, there is there is something that they're they're trying to bring out at the moment, which is kind of the next version for right. media-rich messaging. Uh, I which,
1: think Google Messages has embraced that. Um, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, but again, at the moment, it it's not um, it's not available as a public kind of thing because your carrier has to support it. If you want to use it That's instead of right. SMS. So, yes. so at the moment there are some carriers in different places in the world that support it but everybody has to be on the same carrier to be able to use it. So your phone has to be able to support Typical. it and the carrier has to be able to support it and then the carrier that you're sending to has to be able to support it. So we're not there with that yet again. Um, yeah. and I don't understand why they're trying to create this when there are so many other op- op- uh, options available anyway. So Yes, the I don't know. Will, will it stifle competition if they try and make everybody use the same standard because you're down to the lowest common denominator then? Do
1: you want my honest opinion?
0: Yes, please.
1: I think it will stifle competition. I do. I, I
0: fully, agree with, yeah, I fully agree with you. We've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it.
1: Let's take Google Chrome as an example, okay? Yeah. Now, back when Google Chrome came out, we had Firefox, we had Internet Explorer, <laughs> we had Safari, et cetera, et cetera. Right? We, yeah. we had different browsers built on different engines. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of other browsers were out as well that just weren't very popular. But nowadays, every browser is built on Chromium, pretty except much. for Firefox. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much except for Firefox and Safari. Yeah. Now, Safari... Uses WebKit, it's a similar engine to an extent, but it's still not Chromium based. Yeah. So any like so every like if you wanted to go, oh, I want a, I want a new browser. I don't like the way Google Chrome is spying on me, etc. etc. I'm gonna download a new browser. It's 99% chance it's gonna be Chromium based.
0: Yeah, Chromium-based, so, but you still. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Look, like if you yeah. go, if you look at the Brave browser, it's almost identical to Chrome, but without mm. some of the Google-specific type. Oh, things of course. There's yeah.
1: proprietary, yeah, proprietary stuff that Google puts into Chrome that's not open source. Yeah. Um, but the Chromium aspect of it is. Mm. But i the point I'm getting to here, I guess, is that our choices of having like really different browsers mm-hmm. have been stifled. I think. Now yeah. maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Chromium is just fine. We, we should all build it off of Chromium. That that's fine. But I don't but to me it just seems like uh, it's been a, a bit of a detriment in in one way while it's had advantages in other ways. Easier to develop websites for uh, browsers that use the same uh, you standards. know standards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah.
1: But I guess so so you would have the same thing with messages. It would make it um, easier for people to um, build messaging apps, you'd have more variety out there for sure. Mm. But, would it actually lead to anything great? What you'll have is messages
0: sent within the same, um, like, so let's say if you used iMessage and it was open to third parties, so a message that I send to you in iMessage, if you receive it in iMessage, there will be features specific to that that are available, such as um, a red notification or a reaction you know the way you can kind of react with a thumbs up that kind of thing uh, yeah. there's certain things that but it means that the messages sent that end up in a third party system so let's say iMessage was integrated with with WhatsApp that if I send something to you and you received it in WhatsApp then certain features aren't available. So I might not be able to send you a live audio or I might not be able to send you this type mm. of video or the length of video, well, whereas I can if it's iMessage to iMessage. So you will end up lacking some features, but because it'll be Yeah, but if they're trying to make...
1: Um but if you're trying to make like a single standard they'll probably try to have everybody use that standard with all the features and stuff in there so that's where I think it will stifle innovation
0: and that's yeah that's we've seen that borne out with um, Matter Uh, do you remember we talked about uh, Matter the home standard home automation standard we talked about that many months ago and that was supposed to be kind of out by now and that again has been delayed and delayed and there it's it's actually it's it's in a bit of a mess at the moment because they say things like, oh, it's coming in, uh, like uh, certain companies have said our products will support matter. The standard, the first standard hasn't even been fully agreed on and published yet. And they're who's going publishing to it? The Matter Foundation. The, right, the people behind okay. it. So it's all the different companies are kind of coming together to yeah. uh, go all behind this. Right. Um, now, when I say the Matter Foundation, I'm kind of using that as a loose term. It's not the actual name, but I'm just talking about the foundation behind. The I know building. what you mean. Yeah. So um, like the, the version one of it anyway is going to be lacking loads of features that are available in like Amazon's home system, Apple's home system, Google's home system. They all have certain features inside it, it, um, certain products and devices that are going to be supported. Uh, like say, for instance, like if you buy a, um, a floodlight camera, then it has the camera, it has the motion sensor, it has the... Um, The light on it, Uh, so all these are integrated. So, and all of these have features inside them for automation. That if the motion sensor detects a motion, then it allows you to tell other devices on your network. If a temperature sensor goes below something, then it does it does something to do turn on some other device, something like that. So, they all have interoperable um, actions and standards. But Matter is supposed to allow every device. Communicate with each other through one standard. So you know the yeah. moment you buy something and it says works with Alexa, works with Siri or HomeKit, uh, HomeKit uh, works yeah. with Google Home. They want that to be one standard. But the version one means that certain products won't have all their features available to communicate with other products. So there's mm-hmm. that. That something is a prime example of something that's been delayed, 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 and. They can't get it right, or well, not that they can't get it right. They can't get it out there, and I can't understand all the companies who say that their their products are going to support this when the standard hasn't even been published yet. So, like we
1: we probably mm. won't see oh, anything. It's just a commitment, really, isn't it? They haven't done any work on it, but they're just committing to support it. And yeah, yeah, they can go back in that commitment too if uh, if it True. doesn't work out. Of course,
0: True. yeah. So anyway, um, I suppose back to the whole. Um, App store and messaging thing. Um, I I can't see it happening, not in the long term, short term. But the EU seem to be. You you said earlier on about an Orwellian future, and it yeah. seems to be that the EU with the, with these tech recommendations yep. and guidelines and rules yep. that they're bringing in. It, I think there's people who don't understand tech. Above, they're making all these things, yes. and and like one, they're saying that it's in the industry. of Like they brought in GDPR, and they're talking about privacy and everything. But if you allow a side loading of apps, then it means that people's privacy is going to be eroded because they're going to get apps that potentially contain malware. Um, I well, have yeah. no problem. I have no problem with my um, like my my iPhone being. Control that what apps I can get because I'm a lot more secure knowing that at least there's a lower risk of me getting something. Whereas if you hand a teenager and he knows that he can get the latest game or the latest this or the latest that for free, they probably will try the free version of it, which might come with the caveat of having malware and privacy erosion yeah, behind it.
1: It's not a new problem. I mean, our nope. computers are capable of installing pirate software, even Macs. You know, so mm. it's well, it, it's always a risk. Well, I've it's, heard it's, this... I suppose it's the it's the balance of security. Yeah. Sorry, go on, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've heard this debate recently about people saying that why does the why is the iPhone in the walled garden and and you have to go through the App Store to get everything, whereas on the Mac you can just load up whatever you want. Well, your Mac is not in your pocket walking around with you all the time. It's not on your bedside locker at night listening to you. It's not making phone calls that will rack up money on your phone bill. It's not got a GPS inside in it that will tell you your exact location. There's a huge difference in the products here. Your Mac is a computer that sits on a desktop and even even if it's a laptop okay it's most of the time it's it's closed when it's going with you and you use it at a particular location and and close it again whereas your phone is something that's an active device tracking your you sometimes your health tracking your uh, audio um your camera it's got a it's got a, a data connection that's tied to a bill that you have to pay for. There's so Mm. much with your phone, GPS to track your location, everything. And that's why I think those devices need to be protected all the time.
1: You know what? That's a very, very good point. And um, and some people will be asking, well, why don't you just turn the permissions off when you sideload an app? Well, if it's got malware, it's going to circumvent them anyway.
0: Yes, correct. You know, that's yeah. the thing. and, so, and so You do it's run that risk. For, and yeah. Yeah, it's fine for someone like you and me, Dave, because we know the ramifications and we're pretty, probably fairly okay at sussing out what might or might be, might not be a legitimate site to get something at. But for the rest mm. of the people, it's too easy for them to get caught. And yeah. if you've got well, a banking app you know. on your phone... Then suddenly someone can be watching what you're doing there, watching what you're typing mm. in, key logging, everything, and then money's gone. And there's too much of a risk for all that. And I, I just don't see where they're coming from with the privacy thing. If they want to have this open app store and you even sideloading of apps, it's kind of it's, it's a double standard, really.
1: All right. Well, I'll tell you something. I think we said this before. You know what you're getting, right? If you buy an Android phone, you know you have this. Mm-hmm. If you buy an Apple phone, you know you have that. Yeah. So there's no point in regulating it. There's no point in the EU. And and it's like what you said before. People are making these decisions and they haven't a clue. Yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to bet you Silicon Valley hates the EU. Oh, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. I'd I say, say they so, hate yeah. them with a passion. Yeah, they do try to stick their hand in too many pots and try to tell people how to do things. Now, look, of course, when it comes to ethics and stuff like that, you can't trust corporations, etc. So there has to be some control, some kind of watchdogs and stuff like that in place. But to basically stifle or to tell companies how they have to, you know, innovate, which is yeah. what the EU is essentially doing now. That's yeah. where it goes too far. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, right, Dave. Um, let's go on a small bit. I just want to cover before we go. I want to cover a few uh, yep. a few bits and pieces in terms of general news. So uh, one thing is, um, if you are running a WordPress website, there is a critical flaw recently in the Elementor. Plugin, which is a website builder, a uh, very popular one. Mm, uh, very but common, yeah. there is a critical flaw in that. So, if you are using that, make sure you upgrade to version three point six. Um, but not just that. So if there is you, a
1: there is a patch version of there it.
0: There is okay, yes, cool. there is. So um, uh, not just that element of plugin. This is a general thing that we harp on it and all the time. Uh, if you're mm. running a website, no matter what software it is behind it always keep it up to date. You have to keep the updates going the same as you would on your computer or your phone. Your website is a public-facing piece of software that can be hacked. So make sure if you're... Your website
1: is an application.
0: Yeah. Mm,
1: And like any app... Vulnerabilities yeah. are found, that's why you have app updates to, yeah. to patch things, not just to add new features. Your website is an application, in essentially. Yeah, yeah. Would, and yeah.
0: WordPress have made it very easy to do these updates. Anyway, go in, get the updates, yeah. get them done. Um, very easy to take a backup beforehand as well. There's backup plugins there as well, so if, if something goes wrong, you can always uh, return to a backup. Uh, but definitely uh, this one, anyway, this is a very, very important one that came out in yeah. the Elemental plugin.
1: And I think it's important. If you if you have a website and you believe it could be WordPress, but you don't really know, it's not your thing, um, get on to the person who does know and ask them. And right. ask them to go in and take it. Like It might cost you a bit of money, but if your business, for example, relies on this website, mm-hmm. it'll be worth it.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, because uh, especially if you've got an e-commerce site and that's down, or if the information was hacked out of it, that could cost you a lot more. Um, yeah. Right, there's also... Um, Chrome um, have come out with a new version as well. They released a new version of Chrome as well because there was a zero day of vulnerability uh, that was being exploited. So if you're using Google Chrome, we talked about it earlier on, uh, make sure you get up to the latest version of that. Um, Microsoft, you know how mm-hmm. they do, Microsoft do this patch Tuesday. Um, I've heard that yeah. uh, it, um, it is going away. Now, the recent one covered really? an awful lot of vulnerabilities. The the recent one that came out there was an awful lot of uh, updates in the most recent one as well. But I've heard a rumour that they're dropping this Patch Tuesday thing. So I better keep an eye on that and maybe I'll get some more information right. for you. In for favor the next of one.
1: what? Releasing things more sporadically or I don't know. I don't know. Or just not patching things at all.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Huh. <laughs> just leave yeah. it as it is, it's fine. It could be. Yeah. Right, so last thing before we go, Dave, um, Cyber Expo on Conference Ireland is set to return to Dublin this month, right? So that is something that is taking place on the 28th of April. Uh, so coming up quite soon and uh, you can get more information on that. It's uh, in the Leopardstown Pavilion. Uh, it's free to attend, so go to Cyber ExpoIreland.ie, and uh, they'll be covering all aspects of cyber community cyber security uh technical discussions non-technical and interactive events uh so it's definitely something to uh look at i might actually be there myself so uh ah. definitely uh, go on to cyberexpoireland.ie and have uh, read about that uh so it's um Back again uh, for the first time as an in-person event for uh, for two years, so I think nice. I'll be looking at be uh, vendors, resellers, end users, IT experts, uh, all at that. So I uh, think I might go to that myself. So that's it for another episode, Dave. Uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, and uh, we uh, have, have you...
1: You got, we got time for one more item?
0: Go on, yes, I'll always have time for you.
1: Breaking news, okay? Yeah. Breaking news. Apple are going to release an M2 processor. I mean, there you go. (laughs) You heard it here first. You heard it here first on the Tech Post. And it's going to power future
0: versions of their computers.
1: Really? Okay. And I thought it was going to be in a Microsoft Surface. My God.
0: (laughs) Or that you just buy the M2 chip on its own in a box and put it up, make an NFT out of it. You Uh, can do
1: that with Intel and AMD. But yeah, I I guess the point is people are reporting this um, around the world right now, all all sorts of outlets, and it's just that um, they've seen them in the wild. So maybe it could be coming up, but it's not a big revelation. Nonetheless, it was always going to happen. There's going to be a new
0: iPhone. There's going to be a new Google phone. There's going to be a new Samsung phone. There's going to be a new everything. and. Just add. Uh, what's the rinse and repeat thing? It's just like it just happens. There's going to be a new yep. version of chip. There's going to be a new version of everything. It's going to be new cars. There's going to be new clothes, trends, fashions, everything. <laughs> uh, thanks for the breaking news. Derek. new colours. Yeah, uh, uh, a new in fabulous, stunning, new ridiculous great. names for colours. Yeah, but they'll all be insanely great. <laughs> Insanely grey There you go There's a new one Alright uh, well if I had here, I might be insanely grey myself But uh, <laughs> anyway Dave the insanely great O'Neill Oh yes <laughs> Thank yeah. you for joining us for another episode And we'll talk You're to welcome. you again next month Alright Bye Bye tech post is brought to you by limerick city community radio 99.9 fm and the limerick post newspaper theme music is kindly supplied by limerick's own dylan flynn and the dead poets find their great music on apple music and spotify if you like what you heard please give us a rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe to the limerick post podcast where you can get plenty more great episodes